Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin by Zashem, um, the Shir number six on the Kuntris Vyadata Gishalom Ayalacha from Rav Chaim Friedlander, Zechat Tzadik Lavracha. We're middle of Perak Rishain, Maimer Gimel, the first Perak, the third lesson. We're at the top of page number 42. We ended off yesterday talking about how very often when there is a conflict between a husband and wife pertaining to um, anything in their marriage. We gave an example of him learning with Svarim on the table and she wants it cleaned up and he wants to keep it there and using logic um, is something that is not really going to work and therefore what he needs to understand is to learn how to enter the mind and the feelings of his wife to persuade her not through logical arguments that he's right, but to understand her, be considerate of her feelings, and talk to her on on that emotional level. And he brings now, on the top of uh, page 42, a fascinating uh, Gemara that brings out this point. So, We can learn this concept from the words of the Chazal, on Shabbos Chav Gimel Amad Beis, the Bistid Rabbi Yosef HaMacheres Madlekes there's a story where the wife of Rabbi Yosef was late in lighting Shabbos candles. And Rashi says, It was close to sunset. It was before Shkia, but it was getting close. What do you think he should have told her? He should have told her, Light candles earlier. Right? That's the logical response to tell his wife. Light earlier. Because by lighting so close to Shabbos, you run into a, 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 a chashash of Chil Shabbos. And b'miyuched by Yom HaMehem, and that was particularly true in those times, they didn't have any clocks. So so now we have clocks, so we know what time it is, and so on. But then, we could have made a mistake on an Arab Shabbos day that was cloudy, thinking that, though that it's still daytime, and really it's not, and so on. And Zetor Sichli. And that would be That would be a logical argument uh, to tell his wife that. But he did not say that. He said something else entirely. What did, he, what did Rabbi Yosef tell his wife? Amalad Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef told his wife. You need to know, by the way, this emotional argument that he's going to say now is emes lamitoi, is just as true as the logical argument that he could have made by... Light earlier so that you not shouldn't get go come on to the chashash chel Shabbos. This re- emotional response is just as emes, is just as true. And he said the following: Tanya, we learned in we lo- we have been taught in the yeshiva that that we had a, a a column of clouds that was during the day that did not depart during the day. And then we had a column of fire that did not go away at night. And Melamed, from this Pasuk we learn, which means they complemented each other, or they waited for each other. So now there was a period of time. So let's say the Onan was there towards the end of the day, and at the end of the day, uh, the Aish came up, and only then the Onan left, and so on and so forth, with the other way around at the end of the night, when the Aish was there, and then the Onan came up, and then the Aish came down. And Rashi brings down, Kroy Yisei Rahu There's extra words 
in this Pasik to teach you this drasha. So in other words, that even though it was still before Shkia, before night, the Amara Eish, even though its main purpose would be to light the night, but it came up earlier, before the night even started. So you see, that's the natural order of things. So he wanted to bring out over here that concept, that just like he brings the Amara Eish um, before the end of the day, so do we, when we light the Hadlokas near Shabbos, which is representing the Amara Eish, we should do it while it's still daytime. So Rabbi Yosef Higdish Ishtai. He stressed that emotional argument to his wife, Tanarikshis, the emotional argument, as follows. Just like Hashem behaves with us that way, he brought the Amara Eish earlier in the day, before it was night. That he brought to light the Amara Eish prior to it becoming nightfall. So we have to follow Hashem in the same way. We're to what Hashkadosh Baruch Hu did for us in the Midbar. We're very grateful for it. So to show our Hakaras Hatoiv, we're matligd our Neiroi Shabbos while it's still day. We also need to behave this way. And Zui Dugma Malefes as Gisha Bivikuachavitinamisha. This is an example of the approach to take when you're having an argument or you're talking to your wife. And like we said before, this is an Emes Lamito, a true, absolutely true Svara. And when we light, of course, there's a practical aspect light before so you don't come to Chil Shabbos. That's the logical argument. Here, there's something even deeper and on an emotional level that you're showing Akaras Atoiv for what Akadish Baruch Hu did in the Midbar that brought the Amar Eish earlier, so too we are lighting the candles earlier. Now, Balat Soyer, Tzarek Lekabalol of Abayis, a young husband, needs to understand and accept on himself the way his wife wants to run the house in an orderly manner. So, whether it's regard to order or cleanliness, or the family's meals, when supper is served, when breakfast is served, and so on. Not just intellectually, how these things are important to his wife. It's not enough to think in your brain, these things are important to my wife, and therefore I need to respect the times, the orderliness, and so on and so forth. That's the good start, to have that intellectual awareness, but you need more than that. You need to um, appreciate it, and you need to internalize it in an emotional level too. That ha'isha, shehi the wife who is the home, like Rabbi Yaisi said before, that he called his wife his home. Everything she invests in the home, why is she investing it? She's doing it for her husband's sake. She's doing it for her children's sake. So it may not be important intrinsically in the husband's eyes, but it's important in her eyes. So therefore, because it's important in her eyes, so he needs to appreciate it as well. She is doing this for him. 
So the house should be organized, more organ, more and neat. And he must let her know how much he appreciates all these things that she does for him. Now, it's not always easy for a person who is not long ago was a single man. When he was singing, he essentially lived on his own. And these organizational things that his wife cares about may not be important to him. As Yeshiva Bacha, perhaps it was not important to him at all. But now it needs to be important to him because that's his wife's reality of what's important to her, so it's important to you. So that shifting of adapting to that new reality is a prerequisite and foundation of building your marital relationship to realize it's a whole different ballgame now. It's not like you were in yeshiva or even in your parents' home. It's 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 different now, and 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 the things that your wife finds important, you have to find important, not just on an intellectual level, understanding that it's important for your wife, but on an emotional level to relate to her that way in a very deep way, can, taking into consideration her feelings about things and her view about things. Now, if his wife were to ask him what he thinks about the furniture, let's say, the house, the buffet table, should he put it on the south wall, on the west wall? This is very important. He should not tell her, I don't care. It makes no difference to me. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. You're insulting her by doing that. If she's asking you, where do you think this buffet table should be in the living room so it should look nicer? Or where should we place the svarim shank? Or where should we put this table? Or should we arrange it east to west or north to south? Or whatever it is that she's asking. It's important to her. So because it's important to her, it becomes important to you. And you don't just answer, I couldn't care less, whatever it is. Instead, what you do is you think into that, realize it's important to her, and you understand and try to delve into the fact, hey, you know something? It may look nicer being put this way versus nice this way. And she wants your opinion, and you share your opinion with her on this. This is important to her in the sense of the beauty of her, the home. He also, she also wants to do it to his liking. So when she's asking him his opinion, he's, she's asking him, I want to do it for you. And yet he finds it unimportant. She places a vase in some corner of the room or hangs a picture. And he doesn't notice at all. Now, it's 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 typical of many yeshiva bachram to do that, to be oblivious of what's going on, this new picture, that picture, but that's part of the shift between being that yeshiva bachar and, and your own world sometimes in your home, that when your wife does put up a picture or a vase or what this or that, you need to notice it and say, oh, you know that something? This looks very nice. Because if you don't do that and he doesn't, she, he doesn't notice things at all, she becomes frustrated, she becomes disappointed, same thing. She wants to dress in good taste. It's rooted in her sense of beauty. She wants to dress nicely. 
He oises Islaman Bala. She does this for the sake of pleasing her husband. to find so that she should be appealing in his eyes. That's the way it was when she was a newlywed. That's the way it needs to be when she's even 40, 50 years married. But that's just, again, we're talking now to the men. I just sometimes put it aside if the women are listening and we could talk about that. Metashem and the Bais Primi Shurim by the women's side. But the Maisa is it's important. And because it's important, he can't just discount it and not notice when she wears a new outfit or is dressed in something nice or bought a new thing. So she's looking for a comment of approval from her husband when she starts wearing a new outfit, when she puts on a new dress, when she's starting to wore, uh, wearing a new thing, that he needs to notice that and say, it says, you know something, this looks very, very nice on you. Now, now he tells the chassan, when he's hearing all this for the first time, <laughs> the truth is, for all of us married longer than that, 10 years, 20 years, and you're hearing this, and this is a chiddush still to you, yeah, you know, I, I never paid attention to this, and I really should, and it's never too late, like we always say, and it's the truth, that um, you shouldn't be afraid. The job of a young husband is not that difficult. As long as he has a good attitude of a slave and with a little paying a little attention, it's not rocket science, but you be uh, be, be, you be more present. You will acquire understanding of these things. Don't think it's unimportant. It's very important, and you'll get a chush to understand these things. The yeda maloimer, and you'll learn what is proper to say. And how to answer your wife in a way that would please her. And that's a mitzvah. And, you, and you'll get to enjoy doing that. All of this is included in the chesed that you do for your wife. We explained before, we brought Rashi when it says, that you alone it that is that he's with you, and we learned before in a previous year the Rashi's words that that the malva the richer person, when he's loaning the money to the poor person, he needs to visualize as if he is the ani, Laimar, meaning chesed mushlam. That is the way to perfect your Mida of Chesed. How is it a way to perfect the Mida of that Chesed? The only way to do it to perfection is to put yourself in the same situation as someone else, in the same feelings as someone else, to the best of your ability. If a wife has satisfaction from her work, which she does have satisfaction, whether it's bishul, the cooking, vafia, or baking, that she enjoys it, and it's a pleasure for her. And by the way, and if she has a personality where it's not that much of a pleasure for her, she doesn't particularly love cooking and baking and preparing meals, even the more so to appreciate it and to thank her for it. Or varicha sashulchan aruchai, so setting up the table, and that's satisfying generally for her so she needs he needs to show appreciation and recognition for what she is doing and for all the work that she did the ikr satisfaction that the husband has the wife has is to hear from her, her husband the appreciation for all of this work that she did 
Because if you do not do this, she asks herself, Why am I doing all this work for? Why am I doing all this work? Obviously, she knows she's taking care of the kids, she's doing that. But what's the purpose? It lose, she loses a lot of that chias of what she's doing if the husband ignores and doesn't appreciate what she is doing. And her Rabbi Yisrael Salant, Misalant Zatzal, Rabbi Yisrael Salant would used to say, fascinating, he used to say, if you tell your wife, that the soup she cooked, as an example, is delicious. Is the same tainug like telling the Rosh Hashiva, Shatir Chaloy Ala Rambam Hu Nifla. Right? A Rosh Hashiva, he gave a big drasha, he tried to answer a Rambam, and he told the Rosh Hashiva, wow, very, very geschmack, and it was wonderful. That's when you're doing, when you're telling your wife how delicious the soup was that she made. That is, that is the same thing. The soup is that shear that she prepares for her husband. There was a story about a husband. He never made any comment about the food cooked by his wife. Not good, not bad. She didn't praise it, he didn't criticize. Now, at least he didn't criticize. But he didn't praise or he didn't criticize. He didn't do anything. He ignored it. Pamachas, once, by mistake, uh, it wasn't, it seems like it wasn't by mistake. He, he asked for a cup of coffee. She asked, he asked her to make him a cup of coffee. And she intentionally put in, instead of a teaspoon of sugar, she put in a teaspoon of salt. Now Baal Shosasa coffee, he drank, he drank it without without any reaction. Blila Hagiv, without any reaction. That's when his wife lost patience. A Philadelphia doesn't even care about something like this. And came Bishomahi Tairachas. Why am I bothering cooking good meals or anything else? So it's important to appreciate your wife's cooking and the effort she put in. And Kushavrechim Nifkoshim. And when the students of the Koilal meet, they talk about Taira. So by contrast, when the wise talk, sometimes they talk about you know recipes and menus. When the husband hears, let's say, a wife talking to her friend about menus and things like that, he shouldn't view it as a trivial thing. Is this all you have what to talk about? It's part of the nature. That Hashem graced them with, the, with, the, with having understanding, a purpose, and an, a chashivas to the work of the house. And to find a certain satisfaction to it. So you don't take light of it. You don't make light of it. You think that your 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 Ian in your Tyra and in your Pilpul and your Chidushim, that's something to get excited over. But to hear about your wife's quote unquote trivial or menial menial seeming things, oh, that's below your dignity. 
That's below, you know, what, what are you talking about these things? No, chas v'shalom. That is avodas hakodesh. And that's the way the husband needs to look at it. Something more that emerges from a woman being controlled by her emotions is her fear of unexpected changes from normal routines. Husband or child is late coming home. She gets very worried. And she imagines the worst has happened. When the husband finally comes home, and she complains, you scared me. I was worried about you. Why didn't you tell me you were going to be late? Why were you late? Instead of excusing himself, the husband very often responds with anger, with annoyance. Why are you being irrationally fearful? Very often he was delayed returning home because he happened to meet a friend. And he was speaking to his friend and learning, or he finished his learning session later. And Why should she think that uh, some road accident took place? It's not logical. And he gets annoyed at her. The likelihood of, of an accident happening is very small. She shouldn't have worried about it. She shouldn't worry about it. But on the other side, the wife is upset that she doesn't understand me. He doesn't understand me. And then comes tension due to the lack of understanding of there being a mutual concern for one another. Therefore, the way to bridge that gap, a husband needs to understand that her fears may not be based on logic. It's based on emotion, and you need to respect that emotion. Sometimes intellectual people don't respect emotions. They feel, they find it, quote-unquote, weak, and it's a false notion. It's a separate discussion, that we really should have a separate share on emotions versus logic and the importance of both and the fusion of both. And not an, extu- an intellectual person is very often derisive and looks down at an emotional person, and it's not the correct mahalach. So, and the more the emotions play, the more she gets worried. The husband should have accepted the great whatever of his wife as a compliment. I'm worried about you. That's a compliment. I care about you. And that's why I'm worried about you when you come late. But to get angry at her? He needs to understand her concerns. He cares about, she cares about him. And she's worried about him. And she, 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 that's why she was, got upset when he came home late. If there's a reason he was delayed, telephone. Then he should call her by phone and let her know I'm going to be a few minutes late. Don't worry. The main telephone. If there's no telephone, tell the neighbors. These days, most people have cell phones, so it's easy. And then you'll relieve your wife from anxieties. You let her know you're running a half hour late. Okay, thank you for letting me know. 
I know what to do with the supper, take it off or warm it up, and so on and so forth. And the wife will appreciate it. He's considerate enough to call her. You know, I know I, I, I said I was going to be on time. This is, this is what happened. I'm sorry I'm delayed. I should be home shortly. That's a big derech eretz and a big chesed that you're doing by just simply doing that small thing. It's also possible. A wife may have a fear of all kinds of small animals like mice and roaches. Yours truly, I'm not a female and I'm not particularly thrilled about mice and roaches either. Or she may be disgusted by seeing a wound. Let's say a child hurt themselves and the wife is hard for her to handle that. Other things that cause her to fear, get fearful. The husband should not even tease her about it, even good-naturedly. doesn't say that here, but he really shouldn't give her muster, like, what are you worried about? Or that your fears are, are you know, you're, like, you, you're worried like little children. Sometimes the husband will say, you know, you worry like a little kid worries. But a mature adult, why are you so worried about this? You're not acting, you're acting childish. To say that. These kinds of fears are based on her nature, which is which is emotional. And you need to take it into consideration. And don't demand that she changes her nature. That is the real key with the sign here, Perek Rishon Maimer Dalit. Do not try to change her nature. If by nature she's emotional and responds emotionally, you don't try to change it and force logic over her head, but rather you attune to her emotionally. Yes, sometimes you'll talk to her intellectually too. And it's important to fuse the two. We'll talk about it in a different time, and how a husband and wife, when one's more intellectual, one's more emotional, how to fuse the two and learn from each other and develop with each other. But in general, you need to be very, very respectful and attuned to the emotional world of your wife. Hatzloch and bracha.